0: River Valley. I am thrilled that we have a a guest preacher with us here, Pastor Robert Morris, helping us in our giving series. And uh, a couple years ago we met. uh, It was one of those moments where we met in ministry, just our paths collided, and I believe it was a God thing thrilled that he's here with us. Uh, God has had a real blessing upon his ministry uh, in the area of just helping the church to understand about giving, and so I couldn't wait to get him here. So we did this bonus weekend service, and we're glad that you're with us. And uh, I won't take up any more time, but I want you to open up your heart to the pastor of Gateway Church, Pastor Robert Morris, as he comes and preaches to us tonight, all right? Hey everyone, how are you? Thank you, thank you. Well, we are grateful to be at River Valley. We met uh, Pastor Rob and Becca years ago and uh, fell in love with them completely, totally. And uh, so it's good to meet you and um, take it from someone who, who travels a lot. I, I, I travel a lot, I'm in a lot of churches. And uh, so just in case you don't know, you are extremely blessed to have Pastor Robin and Becca here. You are blessed, blessed beyond measure. So, so we're glad to be here. Uh, my wife Debbie is with me. We have uh, three children. Uh, I'm not going to tell you how old they are because you'll figure out how old we are. But we have three children, and we got married when we were 10. So that's, that's why... We have three grown children that are all married. So, all right, turn to Luke chapter 9. And I want to share with you a message I call the principles of multiplication. The principles of multiplication. And if you think about it, when we talk about finances, uh, multiplication is a mathematical term. We've all seen um, some addition, maybe, to our finances. Uh, We've probably seen subtraction. Um... We've probably even seen division. But would it be all right with you if you saw multiplication? If God multiplied your finances to be a blessing for your family and for others as well, and for his kingdom. So Luke chapter 9, famous story, the fish and the loaves, but there are two principles of multiplication that we have to see in this passage, all right? Luke 9, look at verse 12. Luke 9, verse 12. And I want to give greetings to all the campuses as well. It says, When the day began to wear away, the twelve came and said to him, Send the multitude away, that they may go into the surrounding towns and country and lodge and get provisions, for we are in a deserted place here. But he said to them, You give them something to eat. And they said, Well, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we go and buy food for all these people, for there were about 5,000 men Now, let me just give you a little background here on Jewish culture. The way they counted crowds is they counted households. They counted families. That's why it says there were about 5,000 men. Most theologians believe that uh, this is the largest crowd that Jesus ever spoke to, probably 15 to 20, maybe even 25,000 people because of the families that this represents. It says very clearly there were 5,000 men. And we know there weren't just men at this gathering. Uh, There were about 5,000 men. Verse 14. Then he said to his disciples, make them sit down in groups of 50. And they did so and made them all sit down. And then he took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke them and gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. So they all ate and were filled and 12, notice this number, 12 baskets of the leftover fragments were taken up by them now personally I believe that the reason there were 12 baskets left over is because Jesus wanted each disciple to have a doggy bag (laughs) just my personal opinion Um, here here's what I like to do with the Bible I like to put myself in the story because it seems to really make it come alive and I like to think about how I would have responded had I been there that day so I want you to pretend that you are one of the disciples and that you're on the Messiah search committee and you've got this great candidate, Uh, he's walking on the water, healing the sick, raising the dead and so you have a a high attendance Sunday, you have a special service and uh, you send out a mass email and you tweet about it and uh, you have a, a huge crowd and so you have really good worship. And then uh, Jesus, the guest, you know, gets up, speaker to speak. And uh, let's say it's a Sunday morning. And, you know, you start the service at like, you know, 1045 or something. And uh, uh, 1145, he's supposed to kind of wrap up. You think he's in closing. Um, 12 o'clock, he's he's still going. 1 o'clock, still going. 2 o'clock. I mean, you've already missed the first game. Three o'clock, four o'clock, five o'clock. I, I'm not exaggerating. Look, look again at verse 12. It says, when the day began to wear away. You know what that means in the Greek? In the Greek, that means when the day began to wear away. <laughs> That's what that means. I mean, it's all day, you know? So I start thinking, well, what would the disciples have done? What would I have done? Here's what I think. I think they formed a committee that's my personal opinion I think they kind of got together Jesus over there preaching and I think they said what are we going to do I mean this guy's good but no one's this good I mean I and and I'm about to starve to death if I don't eat soon I will die I promise you and I think one of them said that's it what's it let's tell him that the people are hungry he seems to care a lot about the people He doesn't seem to care much about us, but he seems to care a lot about people. So, you get elected spokesperson, all right? So, see it in your mind. Disciples over here, their little group. Jesus up there preaching, you know, thousands of people. And so, you walk up to Jesus while he's preaching, okay? That's really what happened here. So, you say, um, Um, uh, Lord, we were, by the way, this has been so good. I tell you, this has just been wonderful this um this this series of messages that you're bringing all in one day, <laughs> It's just been great. Um, but we, we 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 feel like that the people are starting to get hungry. Now, we could go all night, I tell you it's been that good, Lord. Um, but so we're, we feel like you ought to just wrap it up. And because uh, uh, we're outside of town, the restaurant's going to close soon, and, and we should go ahead and dismiss the service. And Jesus said, yeah, okay, let me get this straight. You, you, uh, y'all are concerned. You think the people are hungry, and we should dismiss the service. Because the people are hungry. Yes, Lord. It's all about the people. It's all about the people. And then he said something. again, maybe you've never seen the passage. Look at verse 13. But he said to them, well, then you give them something to eat. Excuse me. Yeah, you and your little group over there, you're concerned about the people. Why don't you give them something to eat? Okay. Now you've got to report to the committee. That's the hard part. So you go back over and they say, well, did you tell them people were hungry? Yes. Yes, I told them and I said the people were hungry. That's exactly what I said. Well, is he going to dismiss the service? Well, what did he say? said for us to give him something to eat. (laughs) What? He said for us to give him something. What? 10,000 people here, 20,000. Oh, what are we going to do? You know, and so there's some little kid that snuck back in town. They went to like a fast food Long John Silver's or something, you know. he's coming back. And so they grabbed the sack and said, give it to me. You know, they opened up. There's two pieces of fish and five rolls. Kid got extra rolls. He liked rolls, you know. And, of course, you can probably see Peter probably just grab one of them. Stop it, Peter. Stop it. And that's all we have. And then one of them said, that's it? What's it? We'll tell Jesus this is all we have. And then he'll dismiss the service. So, again, you're the spokesperson. You, excuse me, just one more, one more. Excuse me. Ah. Uh, Lord, you know a moment ago we were, you know, talking and um you said for you know us to you know um give them something to eat and and we've been working on that. And um but all we have is uh we have uh, two fish and 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 five well almost five. Peter ate some. I I I tried to <laughs> stop him, but so um so we have we have two two fish and um uh five rolls So we're thinking our original idea is probably better to just, you know, wrap up. And the Lord says, okay, uh, you have two fish and five, uh, well, almost five. I, I know how Peter is. Um, rolls. And uh, th- that's all you have. Yes, Lord, that's all we have. Yeah, that would be great. Have them sit down in groups of 50. Excuse me. Uh we don't have a lot of these snack packs, Lord. There was just we we just there was a Peter took it from him. I didn't take it from him, Lord. Yeah, yeah, that'll be fine. Have them sit down in groups of fifty. So then they had to sit, have them sit down. Now, have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about getting twenty thousand people to sit down in groups of fifty? Now, I I don't know about you, but ha, have you ever worked with people? I mean, they're hard to work with, aren't they? So you, you finally get them all set down. And then I think during this process, here's what I think. I think the disciples figured it out. That's my personal opinion. I think that they figured out at least how they thought he was going to do it. But it's not how he did it. As a matter of fact, the way that many of us think that he did it is not how he did it either. It's very important. I think they said something like this. Hey, you remember that story in the Bible where Elisha... Fed 100 men with 12 loaves of bread. You remember that? Oh, yeah. Well, we have someone greater than Elisha here. I'll bet you that when he prays over it, it will multiply right there when he prays over it. And many of us think that's what happened. That's not what happened. Look look at verse 16. Verse 16 says, he blessed them and broke them and set them before the disciples to set before the multitude. Here's what actually happens, and again, Peter, Peter probably, and I pick on Peter a lot, I know that, but it's because I relate to Peter. I don't know if you do too. Peter seemed to always be saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. Have you ever noticed that? I mean, the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus is there, he's transfigured before him, Moses and Elijah show up, and Peter says, it's a good thing I'm here. It didn't matter that Peter was there. (laughs) As a matter of fact, God from heaven had to interrupt him. It says, "Then, while he was still speaking, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son, hear him. In other words, shut up, Peter. (laughs) He's he's always saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. Jesus comes walking to him on the water, and he says, don't be afraid, it's me. And Peter says, Lord, if it's you. He just said that, you know. But Jesus said, who, who do men say that I am? Some say John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. Some say one of the prophets. Jesus said, who do you say that I am? Peter says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus says, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, my Father in heaven. Here's another way of saying that. This is a miracle. <laughs> this, is, this is a miracle that you got through. Okay, so I am. So I, I think Peter... You know, one day I'm going to meet him in heaven, and he's going to say, why did you talk about me like that? Okay. I think Peter grabbed a piece of bread and said, here, here, Lord, here, pray over mine first. Here, pray over mine. Pray over mine first. Watch. Just watch. Watch. Watch what happens when he prays over it. Watch. Okay. So Jesus says, remember, he blessed them, broke them, and set them before the multitude." Here's what actually happened. He takes this piece of bread from Peter. He lifts it up to heaven. And he says, Father, bless it. Breaks it gives half of it back to Peter. Uh, Are you through praying? (laughs) Yes, Peter, it's blessed. Now go give it away. By the way, that's important. It's blessed. Now you can give it away. Now it'll multiply because it's blessed. Okay. Peter probably said, uh, You wanna pray some more? (laughs) No, Peter, it's blessed. Go give it away. Personally, I think that's what he did. I think he walked up to the first person and he said something like this. Take just a little piece. (laughs) What would you have said? So he's going down the road, little piece, take a little piece. I said, a little piece, pig. <laughs> oh, you Go take a little piece. He gets down to the end of the road, there is a sliver, a sliver left. And he looks down at it, and the bread grows in Peter's hands. See, this is important. The miracle did not happen in the master's hands. It happened in in the disciples' hands. So, two principles of multiplication from this story. If you're taking notes, write these down. If you're not taking notes, write these down, okay? (laughs) Here's number one. It has to be blessed before it can multiply. It has to be, or it must be, however you want to say it. It must be, it has to be blessed before it can multiply. What if the disciples had taken the bread and, and and the fish and just given it away? Without Jesus blessing it, it never would have multiplied. Listen to me. The Bible says that when we give our tithe to Jesus, to the body of Christ, to the church where we go, that Jesus himself, by the way, this is New Testament, Hebrews 7, that Jesus himself receives our tithes and blesses them. It is the blessing of Jesus that gives our finances the ability to multiply. I know people that give a little here, give a little there, but their finances never have the blessing to multiply. The reason is because Jesus is the only one that can bless your finances. He's the only one. So the first principle is, and it's very, very simple, it has to be blessed before it can multiply. And so many times we argue about tithing. I'm going to talk about tithing actually next week please understand that it is so much more than simply giving 10% to God. It is removing our finances out from under the curse of the world system and allowing God to bless them so that we can they can multiply. So we'll talk about that some more next week. All right, so that's principle number one. Here's number two. It has to be given away before it can multiply. Now, I'm taking these straight out of the out of this story. It has to be given away before it can multiply. In the same way I said it has to be blessed, I said, what if they gave it out before Jesus prayed over it? It wouldn't have multiplied. Well, what if after he prayed over it, after he blessed it, what if they ate it? What if they just ate it? It never would have multiplied. They had to, in faith, give it away. I know people that tithe, but they never give over and above. And the problem is their finances have a blessing on them and have the potential to multiply, but they never multiply. In our own lives, I got saved at 19 years old. I got saved in a motel room called Jake's Motel. Uh, It has no stars. (laughs) But they did provide pets. Okay, so. And the first time I went to church after getting saved and they were preaching on tithing, I just immediately tithed. And let me, let me just let you know, when I, I got saved, February 16th, 1981, and uh, when I got saved, Debbie and I were already married, we were making $600 a month combined income. She made 400 a month, I made 200 a month. I want you to know, I have the ability to make $200 a month on my own without the Lord. I want you to know that. That's how gifted I am, all right, without Jesus. So... We, we immediately tithe. We gave the tithe. The next day, my boss calls me in and says, I'm going to give you a $200 a month raise, which was doubling my income. And I'll never forget, he said to me, and I have no idea why I'm doing this. <laughs> but it was God wanting to teach me some things. And so then as the years went on, God began to, to teach me some things. I started in ministry. I started doing youth revivals and, and youth things like that. And uh, God said, okay, I want you to, I want, uh, we need to talk about your finances. And I, I was saying, well, what, what about finances? He said, well, number one, you need to get your finances in order. And I said, well, how, how do I get them in order? He said, number one, you need to get out of debt. And uh, so we started selling everything and getting out of debt. And uh, we sold this car that was a real expensive car. It's too expensive for us. And uh, we bought a car for cash, $750. That's all we had, $750. But we love that car. I'm, I promise you, we 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 loved it. We because we were in the center of God's will. We prayed over that car. We anointed it with oil, about a quarter a week, and uh, we just we just loved that car. That is a great car. And then the Lord said to me, uh, "Get out of debt." Then He said, "Don't manipulate." And I said, "What do you mean, don't manipulate?" He said, "You know what I mean. Don't drop hints." Now I was traveling and preaching, and it, it was customary when people would say, "What are your financial requirements?" Uh, for coming. And, and it was customary uh, to say, uh, you know, pay, pay our expenses and, and give us a love offering. And um, so that's what I, and some of you will say, and it has to be at least so much. Well, I never done that even, but the Lord said, I me mean, don't say that anymore when they ask what your financial requirements are. So I said, well, what I say? He said, you say I have no financial requirements. So I said, okay, Lord. So this pastor called and he said, uh, I'd like for you to come preach a, a youth revival. And I said, okay. And We worked out the date, and then he said, what are your financial requirements? And I said, I have no financial requirements. He said, what do you you mean you have no financial requirements? I said, I mean, I I have no financial requirements. He said, what do you you mean? I said, I mean, I have no financial requirements. That was all the Lord would let me say. And I remember the, the guy even said to me, is your father wealthy? And I said... Yes, as a matter of fact, he is, and he said he didn't. get He said, "Oh, you know, so sometimes pastors are slow." So, anyway, so and I'm one. So I, I understand. Okay. So, so then this other guy, he he called and he said, "What are your financial requirements?" I said, "I have no financial requirements." And he said, "Well, um, what does that mean?" I said, "It means I have no financial requirements." He said, "Well, um, we'll need to give you a love offering, won't we?" And we'll win. I said, "No, you won't." And he said, "Well, we'll need to." pay your expenses, at least pay your gas. And I said, no, you don't have to pay our gas. And he said, well, how will you live? It's like, he just, I don't know what it is, but we just can't get over this that God can provide for his children. It just bothers me that we can't believe that. And And he said, well, how will you live, brother? He said, if you came and preached and we didn't give you an offering or pay your expenses, he said, how will you live? And I said something and I meant it right. I really did, but it came out wrong. I, I said, listen, if I come to your church and preach, and you don't give me an offering. I said, God will take care of me, and he'll take care of you. He said, well, we'll give you an offering. I said, no, no, I don't mean that. I, I don't mean that. I, I mean he'll, he'll provide for me, and he'll provide for you, okay? So the Lord said, get out of debt. Don't manipulate. By the way, you don't have to be a preacher to manipulate. Do you understand if you drop a hint, and, then, and God does provide for your need, you'll never know? Whether it was, let me say it another way. If you drop a hint and someone gives you money, you'll never know if it's God or not. But if you don't say anything, then you know it's God. Okay, so, and the third thing he said is begin to give. And I said, Well, Lord, what, what do you mean uh, begin to give? I said, I, said, I tithe. He said, mm, Tithing's not giving, tithing is returning. He said, The tithe belongs to me. That's returning, that's not giving. You know, if, uh, if um, uh, Pastor Rob said to me, Uh, Hey, can I borrow your car? My car's in the shop. Can I borrow your car? So I say, sure. So I give him the keys. And, uh, you know, a week later he comes to me and says, Listen, Beck and I have been praying, and uh, we'd like to give you this car. (laughs) I'd say, "Um, Are those my keys? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, these are your keys, but uh, we, we, we want to give it to you. I'd say, You're not giving me my car, you're returning my car. And a lot of people believe that when they tithe, they're giving to God. But you're not giving yet. You're only returning. Giving is when you give over and above. So the Lord said, give over and above. I said, well, Lord, what, uh, how will I know what to give? How will I know when to give? How will I know where to give? How, how will I know? He said, now listen, this, this is so simple. He said, I'll tell you. My sheep hear my voice. My sheep here." So he said, I'll tell you. So I said, okay, so now we're in traveling ministry. All of our income at that time came from uh, love offerings, all of our income. We'd go to church, they'd give us a love offering. Some gave us like offerings. Uh, anyway, so, um, so one month I had one meeting for the whole month, just, just one for the whole month. And it was a small church, about 60 people, and um, it was a Sunday night meeting. And so I, I said, I have no financial requirements. I went, I preached, and the pastor said, let's give an offering. We're going to give, let's, let's give an arm." And he told him, he said, let me tell you what this guy told me on the phone. He said, nobody's ever told me that before. And so he said, I want us to give. And so then he comes to me afterwards. And he said, look at this, look at this. And he's showing me the check. And the pastor was excited. He said, look at this. He said, we, we've never given this much. And I looked down and it was enough for the whole month. And, and at that time too, we had a person on staff who was doing advance work for the meetings and things like that. And We had an office and we had other expenses other than my personal income, but it was enough for the whole month. And I thought, Lord, you're amazing. You're amazing. And while I'm thinking that, I just glance to the back of the sanctuary. I'm standing down here talking to the pastor, and I see a missionary that had spoken right before I spoke, and this voice said to me, give him the love offering. And I remember exactly what I thought. I rebuke you, Satan. (laughs) Get behind me. That's not God. That's not God. I remember even saying, God, that's not you, by the way. That's not you. And, and. You've heard the voice before, by the way. And the voice said, give him the offering. And I said, Lord, uh, I remember you telling the Lord, Lord, you're not thinking clearly. <laughs> give him the offering. He said, I told you I'd tell you when to give and where to give and how much to give. Give him the offering. And I wrestled for a while and then finally I said, okay, Lord, I'll do it. I'll, I'll obey you. So I endorsed a check, gave it to the missionary. We went out to eat. There were six couples uh, including Debbie and me. And the guy sat on one end, the, the six guys, and the six ladies on the other end. Debbie was all the way at the end, and I was at this end. And all of a sudden, these four guys started talking here, engaged in conversation, and the guy crossed from me that I didn't know. I'd, I'd met him one time on a on a, a hunt, a deer hunt thing. It's the only time I'd ever met the guy. He sat across from me, all of a sudden, these guys are talking here. This guy across from me kind of leans like this, you know, so I kind of lean. In. <laughs> And he said to me, how much was the love offering? Just like that. And so I told him how much it was. He went like that and then he said, where's the check? And I know you're supposed to tell the truth, but the Lord had told me not to manipulate. And I didn't want anyone to know I'd given it to a missionary. I didn't want to brag. I didn't want to say that. And I, and I, I, was, I, and I thought, who is this guy? Why is he asking me this? And, and so I couldn't really, I couldn't think. And I, I just heard myself say, Debbie has it. And he said, "Go get it. I want to see it." So I said, "Okay." <laughs> so I got up and I walked down where Debbie was eating, and I leaned down and I said, "How's your pizza? Good? Okay." There's nothing else to say. There's no check, you know. So I come back. I know you're supposed to tell the truth, but I couldn't think. I didn't know it. I didn't want to tell him. I gave it away, and so I just the only thing came to mind. I said, "It's in the car." <laughs> and he said, "It's not in the car." So I said, where is it? (laughs) I mean, you know so much, pal, you know. He said, you gave it away, didn't you? I said, yes, I did. How did you know that? He said, because God told me. He reached in his pocket and he pulled out a check that he'd written before he came. He opened it up and he held it out. It was made out to our ministry and it was exactly ten times the amount of the check I'd just given away. Ten times. Now, I'd just given away a month's income. So it's almost a year's income. And he held it out like this, and he's holding the top. He said, here, like that. And he's holding the top, and I reached out and took the bottom, but he wouldn't let it go. <laughs> and I realized he wanted to say something, so I'm holding the bottom of the check, he's holding the top. And I looked across the check right into his eyes, and he said, God's about to teach you about giving so you can teach the body of Christ. And he let it go. And Debbie and I started giving. We started paying people's salary who were out of work. We started giving cars to people. We started buying cars for families. We started just doing things that you just wouldn't believe. I never sent a mailing list. I never told anybody what we were doing. And, God, and the more we'd give, the more God would give. The more we'd give, the more God would give. Now listen to me. I, I'm a preacher. I, I don't have this, the big salary and all that stuff. Listen to me carefully, though. Here's what happened. God found someone he could trust. Now listen to me, this might shock you. I've given millions into the kingdom of God and lived on not even 10% of it. I've given millions to the kingdom. Here, here's, have you ever thought about this? Here's God with all the resources in the world. He's got all the resources in the world and out of the world. He owns Mars too, if you don't know. But he's got, he's got it all, okay? Over here, here are all the hurting people. Hungry people, single parents, uh, uh, poor people, people need to be fed, missionaries need to be sent, church buildings need to be built, more campuses need to be started. Here's all the need, right? Here's all the need or the demand is another way if you want to be a business person and all the supply. Here it is right here. I don't know if you ever thought about this. What's in the middle? You are. You're in the middle. God's just looking because he works through people. He's looking for someone. He can funnel resources through to the kingdom. And so, here's what happens. God, God will give you, and you've had this happen to you, and I've, I've, made, I've made mistakes too. I'm not perfect in my finances. But God will give someone some money, and they'll just spend it on themselves. And here's what happened to me. God gave me some resources, and I funneled them to some people. Then the Lord said, hmm. He funneled hundreds. Let me see what he does with thousands. And he gave me thousands, and I funneled them. And Then he gave me hundreds of thousands. Now he gives me millions, 7 million last year, that I put in the kingdom of God. That's incredible. That's incredible. Did you hear me? That's incredible. I'm telling you, God's looking for a steward. He's looking for someone he can trust. He's looking for someone he can multiply their little fish and their loaves. That's what he's looking for. So one day I'm having my quiet time and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just speaks to me and says to me, would you give me everything? Just like that, would you give me everything? And I remember exactly what I thought. I thought, thank you. I can't even believe you asked me. You probably don't ask everybody this. Yes, I'd love to give you everything. You gave me everything. Yes, thank you for asking me. And Debbie and I sat down and we, we gave away all the money in our checking account, all the money in our savings, all the money in our, uh, that was personal, all the money in the ministry checking account, all the money in the ministry savings, all of our retirement, both our cars, and our house. We gave our house to a pastor that had five kids that didn't have a house. We gave it all. The next day, I was adding up how much we'd given, and the Lord said to me, what are you doing? <laughs> I said, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> He said, no, what are you doing? And I really was having this thought, and it's a carnal thought, you know. So I thought, I don't want to tell God. You know, if you don't tell him what you're thinking, he doesn't know, you know. (laughs) So I said, well, Lord, I said, you know, I'm having this thought. And he said, well, tell me. I said, well, you you know the old saying, you can't outgive God. And uh, he said, yeah, I've heard that. I said, well, I said, I don't mean this wrong, but I think I did. (laughs) I said, this time I think I've got you. And here's what he said, you think you got me? Just like that. And the phone rang. And I picked it up, and this guy on the other end of the phone said, Robert, God told me to help you with your transportation. And here's what I thought. I thought he's going to give us a car. But I thought, I still got you. Because I, I just gave away all our money. I gave away two cars. At that time, we'd given nine cars away. We've given many, many cars away now. Our church, by the way, gave 72 cars last year away to people that need them. 72. And I, in one year. And I said, you know, and I just gave him a house. So, so I said, thank, you know, I'm thinking, thanks for the car, but, you know, I, I still got you, Lord. So I said, well, what did the Lord tell you to do? And the guy on the phone says, he told me to buy you an airplane. And he said, I'm going to pay for the maintenance, the fuel, the hangar, the insurance, and I've hired a pilot, and I'm going to pay his salary. You just call him and tell him where you want to go and when you want to go. And the Lord said, got gotcha. you. Got gotcha. you. Got you. Now, now listen, listen to me. This is not a message about giving you get an airplane. Okay, listen. Listen carefully. We gave the airplane away. I don't have an airplane, and I gave away plenty last year to buy one. I don't have a plane. I flew up here the same way you fly, sitting by my wife, twin two fat guys. All right? Okay. <laughs> the airplane's not the best part of the story. The next day, I'm having my quiet time. I'm reading about Solomon. You know what it says? You remember the most famous story about Solomon? God came to Solomon and what did he say? Ask. Ask anything you want. And I'm reading that and I think, Lord, I wonder what brought that on. And I read, if you back up, that day Solomon was inaugurated the king of Israel. And the king, it was tradition for the king to sacrifice one bull. You know how many Solomon sacrificed? One thousand bulls and the lord said to me i only say to extravagant givers ask anything you want he said i would never say that to a selfish person because i can't trust selfish people but i can trust givers and i'm just reading my bible i have i'm not even thinking that we just gave everything away and and i thought lord what a great story and just like this the holy spirit said to me Ask. Ask anything you want. And I knew immediately what I wanted. Because you gotta remember I came out of a pretty bad lifestyle. I said, God, I want for Debbie and I to be passionately in love for the rest of our lives. I don't want to lose my marriage. And this past May we celebrated our thirtieth wedding anniversary. That's better than an airplane. better than a flame i want you to bow your heads and close your eyes and i want you just ask god in your heart right now just say god just in your heart not out loud just say god what are you saying to me through this message at every campus every campus just say god what are you saying to me through this message some of you god's going to challenge you to give the first 10 percent to him and you've struggled with that for years Please, please, please believe the Bible and start doing it. And you say, Well, I, I can't do it. I promise you, you've got to start. You've got to get in a position. You might even have to sell something to get your finances in order. Some of you, God's challenged you, you to give extravagantly, over and above your tithe. Some of you, God wants you to give the most extravagant gift you could ever give. And listen to me, I'm not talking about money, it's not money, it's you. Maybe you're checking out church. But you need to give your life to God. Because God wants to bless you so you can be a blessing. I'm going to pray for you and then turn the service back over to uh, Pastor Rob here or one of the campus pastors. Lord, I pray, God, that you would forgive us for not being good stewards, Lord. And we've all done it. And, Lord, I pray, God, that you would bless us so that we could be a blessing.